Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and this is episode 69. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, sorry I've been gone for a little while, guys. Uh, there were internet problems, and then I just, I really hated the last version of this episode that I recorded, so I decided to, like, scrap some stories, add some stuff on. We had a Spider-Man trailer, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, but first, I've got a shout-out to give to you guys. I want to shout out the Pepsi company because basically here's what happened. At work, we have the soda machines. I went to the soda machine for a Diet Pepsi because I like the diets and the zeros and the whatnots. Uh, so put my money in, press the button, what comes out? Mountain Dew, which is like a hard opposite of a Diet Pepsi. So it's a little annoying, whatever. I figure this is the second time this has happened at this machine. Not in this day, but... So I decided to go across the street, hit that Pepsi machine. They've got Pepsi Max, which is their zero-calorie version. So, awesome. I'm actually lucking out here. Same price. Let's go. Put the money in. Press the button. What comes out? A goddamn Mountain Dew. <laughs> so... so yeah, right out. Twice in the same day. Uh... I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this story. I type it all out. I put it on my various social medias. And uh, Pepsi actually gets a hold of me on this thing. They uh, they want me to message them. I tell them the whole thing. I send them the details of the, the product and stuff. Uh, and they, they sent me uh, a little voucher thing. So, awesome. Cool. Good on them. Way to take care of the customer and shit. And usually I'm a Coke guy. That is my brand. But uh, I'm going to be showing Pepsi a little more love here in the future uh, just for being standout and awesome. On the opposite end of that, we got a couple people we got to put on blast here. First of all, I want to put on blast the show Black Lightning because I like this show. I watch every episode. I catch it every week. I've been enjoying it quite a lot. But there's just something that irks me in this most recent episode. And I know we're talking about a show based on a comic book. But you gotta have some level of believability. And when you have this assassin that, as far as I know, has no superpowers, going up against, I I don't know, maybe ten police vehicles, uh, some of which are armored vehicles, all of these heavily armed 20-plus cops, and you slit the throat of one of them, those cops are going to unload on you. I, I'm sorry, I, I get the connotations of a cop shooting a black person on television. I get what might be associated there, but just in realism, black, white, Asian, Muslim, it doesn't matter. You slit the throat of a cop, the other cops will shoot you. That's how that works. And what makes it worse is if they had shown her, like, going through the police, taking them all out, doing this big badass fight scene, that would have been still a little unbelievable, but at least passable. No, they cut to a totally different scene, and then they come back and all the cops are just dead. Bullshit. Call bullshit, because guess what? And I'm not going to spoil the whole thing of this episode, but 
she could have just caught up with the people that she was after. They could have wrote that in and it would have been easy and no one would have batted an eyelash and who gives a shit. You, you could have even thrown a big-ass one-on-one fight in there, like a knockdown drag-out, this-is-for-all-the-marbles-type fight. But no, you decided to raise the stakes and then not even show how they play out. And I just, I, I'm sorry, I can't buy into it. So it, you're, on, you're on thin ice there, Black Lightning. Try a little harder because... I I do have limited TV watching time in my day, and if this becomes a consistent thing, if this lazy writing is what this is, if it becomes a consistent thing, I'm going to have to change the channel on this one. Uh, and, And I enjoy the show, but it is far from one of my favorites that I'm watching right now. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt actually just ended with this season. I would love to go back and watch that from the beginning again. So, yeah. Anyways... That's not the only thing. I'm not going to put this next person on blast by name, but we had a little situation play out on the Sort of My Comics page, and I don't know. I, I, I think I need to talk about it. I think I need to say something about it. But essentially, it all started with uh, with us sharing uh, the article from CBR.com talking about uh, TV's first transgender superhero finally gets her costume, and this is in reference of Dreamer, who is a recent character on the show, Supergirl. So, anyways, the way this article is titled, it is Supergirl, colon, TV's first transgender superhero, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, this guy decides not only to react to it with an angry face, but then follows that magic up with Boo Supergirl, which is spelled wrong, Supergirl, two separate words, was never transgender, there they go. I'm going to read this the way it's spelled. Boo Supergirl was never transgender, there they go, running, ruining superhero. Again, make your own quit fucking with the originals. No punctuation, no uh, certain things are, are left out and stuff. And I don't know if it's just a uh, tenuous grasp on the English language or they just really hate proper grammar. But obviously, they were confused by the title of the article, which they obviously didn't bother to read either. Uh, So we said, uh, person's name redacted, please do some research on the character Dreamer. Thank you, and I signed up in the human. Uh, they fire back with, I have read the original comics. You all are should be ashamed of yourselves, period. <laughs> she she was double-spaced, purely a straight female with no guy parts. Y'all make me sick and should be put out of business. We're not a business uh, anymore, anyways. So someone chimed in, uh, name redacted. Did you read the article? They aren't talking about Supergirl. They're talking about Dreamer, all of which is spelled correctly. Uh, And we responded, I think he's trying to pivot now and make it seem like he was talking about Dream Girl from the Legion of Superheroes. This may help, name redacted, but there's nothing we can do about what seems to be a transgender bias. And then I shared a screenshot of an article that points out that uh, this character, uh, Naya Null, is actually uh, supposed to be an ancestor of Dream Girl. Anyways... I, I put this person on blast, and the the, the comments have been deleted. Uh, I believe the person came in and deleted his initial comment, which got rid of the responses. Anyways, I put this on blast because grammar is important, y'all. 
this all started because this person obviously did not understand the sentence structure of the the title of of the thing. I don't know if they were staying steadfast in believing this article was about Supergirl. I don't know if they were trying to pivot there. Like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. There are various levels that could have played out here, but it's really hard to tell, especially when the person isn't implementing proper grammar. <laughs> so, anyways, proper grammar is important, you guys. If you see a symbol you don't understand, well, maybe you should have paid a little more attention in grade school. But, luckily, Google is a thing. So, you can always just type that symbol into Google and go... What the hell does this mean? And Google will help you out there. So these are always very important tools available to us at all times. Um, But we're going to go ahead and get off of that shit. We're going to talk about some trailers. First trailer I want to talk about is this trailer for a thing called Weird City, which I believe I had heard of previously, maybe even shared an article to sort of my comics. But let me give you guys an idea of what we're talking about. And I pulled this right from the uh, the trailer's description. From the mind of Jordan Peele and Charlie Sanders comes Weird City, a satirical anthology set in the not-too-distant future metropolis of Weird. In this dystopian setting of our show, the middle class has completely vanished, dividing Weird City into two sections, above the line, the haves, and below the line, the have-nots. Presiding over the denizens of the city is the strange and mysterious Dr. Nagari, who weaves all of our stories together. Each episode is a topic that pertains to present-day life in America and the world, social media addiction, online dating, fitness obsession, etc. Weird City captures the unease of modern urban living in a bizarre and peculiar lens. This is actually going to be a six-episode series on YouTube Premium, formerly YouTube Red, uh, and stars LeVar Burton, Dylan O'Brien, Ed O'Neill, Rosario Dawson, Michael Sarah, Mark Hamill, Laverne Cox, Sarah Gilbert, Stephen Yoon, Aquafina. Yep, that's a name. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and uh, Lily Caravallo? Maybe I got that right. Maybe I didn't. It's spelled A-U-L-I uh, apostrophe I C-R-A-V-A-L-O-H-O. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, make what you will of that. It wouldn't be an episode if it didn't screw up a name. Anyways, uh, this this thing looks goofy and bizarre. Uh, could be brilliant, uh, especially with a mind like Jordan Peele behind it. I'm pretty excited about this. I love this cast uh, so many people in there. I mean, you throw Mark Hamill and you've got my money, or, uh, in this case, not necessarily my money right away. I'm, this isn't enough to get me to sign up for YouTube Premium. The only thing I'm holding out for is Season 2 of Cobra Kai, so when that comes out, I'm gonna hit up YouTube Premium, and, you know what, since I'm gonna have it for 30 days anyways... I might as well check this out. It premieres February 13th, and if you love how this sounds, uh, go check out the trailer. It's up there on YouTube. Uh, It looks pretty cool. Okay. (laughs) But even cooler than what my son just tried to do (laughs) was uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Guys, it finally came out. Uh, I got a synopsis for you here. Peter Parker's relaxing European vacation takes a sudden, unexpected turn when Nick Fury suddenly shows up in his hotel room. Parker soon finds himself donning the Spider-Man suit to help Fury stop the evil Mysterio from wreaking havoc across the continent. 
And guys, I cannot explain to you how excited I am for this. Spider-Man is uh, self-proclaimed the world's greatest superhero as they put on the book for a while. But I want to walk you through a little bit of what's going on in this trailer. It seems Aunt May is running some sort of homeless shelter, a lot like uh, we saw in the PlayStation video game. And has roped Peter into helping out as Spider-Man because if you remember, at the end of Homecoming, she walks in on him changing, which can be awkward in any situation if your aunt walks in on you changing, but even more so if you're dressed like the superhero Spider-Man. We get a little flirting going on with Happy Hogan. I enjoyed seeing that. Maybe there's a little bit of a love connection here. You know what? Happy deserves it, and uh, he could do far, far worse than Aunt May. (sighs) Anyways, uh, I love that they're playing on Flash's love for Spider-Man while he still treats Peter Parker like shit. That unwitting hypocrisy of the character is always entertaining, and I'm not sure if they really touched on that in Homecoming. Uh, I've seen the movie a few times, but if if that was in there, it didn't stand out enough to me. Uh, So I'm going to have to watch just to look for that, I guess. Uh, And Peter even intends to just go on a school trip with his friends, uh, get a little time with MJ because uh, there seems to be a budding romance going on there. So uh, he leaves the suit behind, uh, which I think is a great aspect of this. I feel like we're going to have a little bit of an intro with Spider-Man, and then we're going to have a little bit of let's just see Peter be Peter with his friends on a cool school trip. I also want to point out one thing from that sp- scene in the trailer uh, where he's loading up his suitcase. If you if you look closely, you're going to see a BFP on the suitcase, which uh, actually is probably the initials. I, I mean, it's definitely the initials, but nobody's confirmed it, of his Uncle Ben Parker. And it gives me reason to touch on this. Uh, a lot of people seem to be upset that they are not doing the origins of Spider-Man in these movies, and I personally think it's brilliant. We've seen it. You've seen the other movies. You've read the comics. I mean, almost every single issue of that comic starts out with the introduction of Peter Parker was a mild-mannered kid, fucking uncle died, now he's Spider-Man. Cool. Awesome. We know it. We don't need to see it again, and a lot of people are actually upset because they feel like they're leaving him out of the MCU. That is not the case here. They they allude to him in the first movie. I mean, this suitcase alone is an acknowledgement of, hey, Peter is using his suitcase as some sort of connection to his uncle that he loved. What's up? I think um, in the movie Far From Home, with the suitcase that he's putting stuff in there, it mm-hmm. might show a flashback with him and Uncle Ben. Maybe. And, and you know what? That wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't hate that. A little flashback of maybe... Uh, a trip they went on when he was a kid or something. That's all well and fine. I I don't think they're going to, but I would love to see that too. Uh, But anyways, guys, you need to get over it. We've seen the Uncle Ben stuff. We don't need it in the MCU. It's not necessary to tell the story, especially this story. What is apparently necessary and is never in short supply for a new Spider-Man tale is uh, new suits. Guys, we got some new suits. I want to talk a little bit about those. We got a stealth suit, maybe inspired by Spider-Man Noir, and uh, even maybe a little bit of a Secret War suit, uh, which would make a lot of sense, them being overseas, you know, Spider-Man operating on foreign soil. Uh, We also got a really cool red and black suit. 
I think maybe a nod to the original costume from the comics because he was red and black with a blue shine to him, similar to how they used to draw Batman. And uh, then eventually they transitioned into the full-on red and blue. And I also want to talk about the villains in this thing. It seems like Spidey is going up against the Elementals, Hydron, Magnum, Zephyr, and their leader, Hellfire. Uh, these guys are a group of immortals who mainly used to clash with Carol Danvers in her uh, Miss Marvel days. But it's not necessarily those Elementals. They are sharing the same group name, but it seems like they're going to be switching out the members for better-known Spider-Man villains, which makes a lot of sense, since I don't think Peter is ready to take on ancient immortals just yet. Hydro-Man and Molten Man have already been confirmed, and I think they're going to switch out Magnum for Sandman. Uh, it's just a guess, but I mean, he is a Spider-Man villain. They do kind of share powers uh, in a way. But I'm not sure who Zephyr will be traded out for. I don't even think she made an appearance in the trailer. So they could just stop at the three. I don't know. Uh, then there's Mysterio, who some people seem to be upset about because he's widely known as a villain. But in this trailer, he seems to be working with Spider-Man. But <laughs> if you know the character's origins... This shouldn't be surprising. Mar Mysterio's first appearance was in Amazing Spider-Man number 13, where Spider-Man is accused of committing a series of robberies. Mysterio presents himself to the public as a new masked hero with magical powers he could use to bring Spider-Man to justice. And as the issue plays out, it's revealed that Mysterio actually set up Spidey, and his magical powers were a product of his time as a special effects artist in the movie industry. So... If you crack a damn book or type it into Google, you might find out why you're pissed off for nothing. If you're one of these people who are like, what? Oh, man, they're fucking totally changing Mysterio. Also, guys, I mean, come on, stop with the, oh, my God, they're changing. Yes, they're going to change shit. So long as they're not like, Spider-Man is a fucking 18-armed hippie from the planet Neptune. Okay, you know, let's see some new shit. Okay. Are, are they going that way with this film, uh, doing that exact origin for Mysterio? Probably not to the letter, uh, but rest assured, Mysterio is totally going to be a baddie in this movie. I mean, the synopsis I read off earlier is the official synopsis, and that alone says that Spider-Man is going up against Mysterio, so that's all you need right there. Uh, guys, this film looks fun. It looks like it's going to be really interesting uh, seeing all the different places it can go because why is Nick Fury there? What is his agenda? I, I do know uh, from... Uh, I can't, I don't remember exactly where it was taking place, but during a Q&A, Jake Gyllenhaal reveals that Mysterio has been recruited by Nick Fury. Now, it could just be them trying to... Uh, manipulate the people kind of like they do with the trailers when they put stuff in there and then they change it in the actual final product movie, which actually changes some of the movie. But in any case, it still raises the question, what is he doing? Is he trying to make a new Avengers? Oh my God, could this be, could this be their way of doing the new Avengers? And then Spider-Man's on the team and then Wolverine's on the team and because they didn't just get fired. Okay, I'm running off at the thought with this. I love that idea. I don't think that's what they're doing, but it would be cool. Anyways, 
a lot of a lot of questions raised in here, but also a lot of like interesting answers given to what is this film gonna be like? Why are we far from home? But that is gonna lead us into our next segment, which is Alpha's video game editorial. Take it away, James. Hey everyone, and welcome to the newest installment of Alpha's Editorials, coming at you with the video game news that you love, hate, and crave. So this week we are starting off with some Power Rangers news. The Power Rangers Battle for the Grid announcement comes with some pretty cool surprises. Uh, We have some Season 1 DLC Pass character releases, which is uh, Lord Draken Evo 2, and a Pink Ranger character skin from the original series. But in the announcement teaser, we find the Red Ranger and the Green Ranger facing off against each other, and the Green Ranger is voiced by none other than Jason David Frank. So that's going to be a nice little Easter egg for some of the fans to enjoy and appreciate. Now, if you guys remember, there was a Power Rangers fighting game that came out for mobile devices a year or two ago, and I dabbled in a little bit, played it some. It was actually pretty cool. I even spent a little bit of money in it because I appreciated it and I enjoyed it and I don't mind spending a little bit of money here and there to further the games that I enjoy playing. Now, if this is going to be anything like that, I am in full support of it coming to consoles and maybe even PC. It was a lot of fun if they transfer over a lot of the stuff that they had from that game into this, then I can see it being a big hit even comparable to games such as Injustice, Mortal Kombat. If they keep that style, but maybe a little less brutal, you know, because it is Power Rangers after all, then I think that it has the potential to be a really great game. Moving on to a galaxy far, far away, we have some sad news coming from the Star Wars universe, and of course EA is tied to this. There was talks of an EA open-world Star Wars game. Now, this game was initially going to be published by a company named Visceral Games, which was an EA associate, but it was later then picked up by EA Vancouver. But now it seems that this game has been shelved indefinitely, undetermined. It appears that they are talking about releasing a Star Wars game sooner, uh, roughly in 2020, then this game would have initially been ready. Now, it's unclear whether this game is going to be permanently canceled, shelved, however you want to look at it, or if they plan on moving forward with it at some point in the future. I, for one, would love to see them move forward with this because it was supposed to be from the point of view of a bounty hunter, and that's something that everyone has come to love and enjoy is the bounty hunters from Star Wars, but we don't really get a whole lot of play experience as. So I think this would have been a really good game for them to put the work into and continue working on as well as other projects to release sooner, but this could have been their Skyrim. Uh, It is kind of a bummer to see something like this happen, especially when it gets hyped up and people start getting excited for it, but it does happen, and from a business standpoint, if they weren't going to be able to release it for several years, but they have prospects for others, I understand that. Doesn't mean that I like it. Moving on into some more fighting realms, Mortal Kombat 11 has released that Ronda Rousey is going to be the character model and voice for Sonya Blade. 
which is pretty fucking cool, guys. Uh, anyone who knows who Ronda Rousey is, just thinking about her and Sonny Blade side by side, you can see that they are pretty much one and the same. So it comes as no surprise, really, that she is going to be playing the popular character. It also really helps that she grew up loving the Mortal Kombat series, and now she's getting to live out her dream being in the Mortal Kombat series, in that universe. She is part of Mortal Kombat now, and we say a big congratulations to Ronda Rousey, and we can't wait to play with you. Pun intended. Moving on to a little bit more personal news. I was able to get some game time in on the Anthem VIP beta. Now, those of you who have listened to my editorials, you guys know that I am a big fan of this game. I've been following it since E3 two years ago. I've been looking forward to this weekend for a long time. It did not disappoint. You really only get to experience one mission in the game. You start out at level 10 of 30 in this demo. Uh, You only have access to one of the four javelin suits that you are going to get to pilot in the game. However, through playing the demo, you are unable to unlock one more. But, as a little surprise for everyone, in the last four hours of the demo, they released it to where you could play as any of the four javelin suits. Now, playing as the ranger, it's a very balanced class between damage and defense. So, it was a well-rounded, definitely meant for beginners, and it's something that I can see a lot of people sticking with. It has a lot of utility, good damage output, decent survivability... Uh, overall, I I enjoyed the play style of the Ranger. I only had a chance to briefly play as the Interceptor, which is the speed-based, lower health, higher damage, you pop in, get your damage done, pop out kind of class. Uh, that is generally the type of class that I play in most games if that where that's offered. But I didn't get a chance to fully experience this one, so I can't really give much of an opinion on it other than it is fast. You have a triple dodge, a triple jump. Your flight time is longer. Your flight speed is quicker. It was all around fun just to be able to bounce around and enjoy that one for a little bit. As far as the graphics goes, this is a very graphically pleasing game. The character models are a little clunky at times, but that's to be expected from a demo version of a game that is based on an old build of the game. And that's one of the things that they have tried to stress to people is that this demo is an older build of the game. So the full game, when it's released, is going to be very different from what we play in these demos. Now, as far as the story went for the demo, it was very engaging. You have to retrieve an item for a specific character, and it causes a bit of a problem. And the rest of the mission is trying to figure out what caused the problem and how you're going to fix it. And it's, it's very different, very interesting Uh, The item splits a person into three clones of himself. However, the personality is different for each of them. It's a different side of this person. 
so you have to figure out what caused this item to do this, how you can fix it before the person disintegrates into nothing. Their body is breaking down and you have to prevent that from happening. I, if I remember right, there are about five or six different missions that you had to do just in this, just in this demo alone. It was very engaging. Uh, it didn't leave you wondering a whole lot. And the whole time that you're on the mission, you are still able to free roam and explore and encounter other enemies. There are hidden chests everywhere. There are harvestable nodes or plants or just different things. The enemies pose a decent enough challenge. I tried playing as many missions as I could on hard just to be able to get a grasp of how the game is going to be balanced out. And it was. It was a very good challenge. I found myself getting my ass handed to me quite a bit, especially when I was playing solo. The other big part about this game is it is similar to how Destiny is. It is multiplayer, but you can also do almost everything solo if you choose. So you're going to see other people out in these environments playing, shooting different creatures and, you know, taking down these enemy camps and the like. But you have the option to join them or continue on doing your own thing. And there is also a matchmaking. So if you choose to go into a matchmaking as public, you will be put into a squad of four people. Now, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the only ranger in this squad or the only warlock or the only colossus. It just means that you're going to get placed into a squad of four. Now, there are dungeons, which I did not get a chance to complete before the VIP demo expired. But this upcoming weekend, February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, there is going to be an open demo. Now, I encourage everyone who has been on the fence about this game, go check it out, give it the weekend, play through it, experience the different suits, just give it a try, and then make your opinion based on that. There have been a lot of people making their opinions solely based on the fact that this is an EA game, and yes, there are telltale signs that there's going to be an in-game market, that there's going to be a premium currency and such, but it does not seem like it's going to be a pay-to-win style game. It doesn't seem like there's going to be loot boxes with items that are going to make you leaps and bounds beyond everyone else. It seems to be mostly cosmetic items, and I, for one, am comforted by that because that means that the guy up the street who can put $500 into the in-game market is going to have the better, the best gear in the game starting out, Whereas we all have to grind out that gear. So if you're on the fence about it, definitely go give it a try. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Cannot wait for this next demo weekend. And after that, I absolutely am looking forward to this game coming out. And I know that I'm going to sink a lot of time into this game. Guys, this has been this week's editorial. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, tell me what you're looking forward to seeing in the in the Power Rangers Battle for the Grid game. Let me know what you think about the Star Wars open world game being canceled. I know most of you are going to be disappointed by that, but still, let me know what you think. How excited are you to play as Ronda Rousey being Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 11? Let me know, did, did you play the 
VIP beta weekend for Anthem? Let me know what your experience was, guys. I really want to hear from you. But uh, until next time, I'm going to go play some Kingdom Hearts. All right. Thanks a lot, James. A lot of good, interesting news in there. Man, I cannot wait for Mortal Kombat 11. That oh, Did I show you the trailer for that yet? No, you have not. Okay. Well, I got to show you that. You're going to love it. It's... Uh, Oh god, it's so awesome! And Ronda Rousey's gonna is is the uh, motion capture and voice inspiration for Sonya in this, and I love Ronda Rousey. So, uh, anyways, cool news there. Thanks a lot, James. We're gonna go ahead and get into some of the other nerd news though. And the first thing I want to talk about is Tom King. Uh, recently in the nerd news, making some circulation. You might know him from his run of writing Batman for the past couple of years. Uh, but he went on Twitter on the 16th of uh, of January. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but uh, the tweet read announcement with the shutdown. A lot of people are suffering. I've been there. Worked for the Fed. For nine years, at times living paycheck to paycheck, wanted to help, so I'm giving away my comics. This Saturday, Third Eye Comics, Annapolis, 11 a.m. to done. And that is exactly what he did. This guy worked in counterterrorism for the CIA before quitting his job to write for DC Comics in 2009. But not only gave away his comics, but did free signings as well. Not only on the comics he was giving away, but on comics that people brought in. If you guys aren't aware somehow, uh, this actual record-breaking government shutdown started December 22nd and uh, actually ended, thankfully, on January 25th. The terms of which it ended, I'm not sure about yet. I'm sure I'll be filled in, uh, if you know what I'm talking about there, on uh, on Monday. <clears throat> and I, I think this is a great gesture. It's really cool of him to come out. I mean, some people might go... Oh, you know, he could have just cut a check or something. I mean, we're talking about a comic book writer here. I'm sure he's well-to-do, but I'm not sure he can go like, oh, here's $25,000 to donate. But not only is this cool because it brought some smiles to some faces, I mean, he did a free signing. It's Tom King. Like, that that alone would make me happy. Uh, But also because those who are affected by this shutdown could probably sell some of these comics off to help their families do some... uh, And, I mean, we're not talking they're going to bring in hundreds of dollars here, but, I mean... You know, when when you are living paycheck to paycheck, and especially when you aren't getting paid, uh, or those who have been between jobs before, you know how far $20 can stretch. So it, even if you could sell, like, Batman Rebirth number one, signed by Tom King, you, I mean, that, that 30 40 bucks you might bring in from that book is going to help. It's going to do something for your family. So this is a really cool thing, really good move by Tom King. And uh, you even hear that he stayed well, like I I think it was like two or three hours past the time it was supposed to end just to make sure he got to everybody, to talk to everybody, take pictures, do the signings, everybody. He, He went the extra mile for the fans and those affected by this government shutdown. So awesome. Tom King is our badass of this episode. That's not a thing we actually do, but I'm doing it on this one. (laughs) Anyways, moving on from there, though, I'm excited to report that something strange is in our neighborhood, guys. In a surprise announcement coming out of nowhere, we got an official uh, announcement from the son of the original film's director, Ivan Reitman, 
Jason Reitman that Ghostbusters 3 has secretly been in production for 2020. God, that <laughs> I couldn't have wrote that any worse. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, guys, we are getting an official Ghostbusters 3 next year from the son of the man responsible, well, uh, partially responsible for the original film's success. Then the next day, Entertainment Weekly posted an official teaser for the film. Uh, this video actually takes place in a creepy remote barn set to the iconic iconic 1984 score from the film's haunted library prologue supernatural ectoplasma scene as well as uh, some tinkering on what's eventually revealed to be the ecto one it's uh, goosebump inducing man just the first time i saw this i was like oh my god it's all here it's it's actually happening and in the days to follow this a report actually came out that claimed ernie hudson bill murray and dan Aykroyd will return to their iconic roles the film is also supposed to be passing the torch on to the next generation and according to deadline uh the film will hit theaters july 10th 2020 and even though none of this, uh, aside from the initial announcement, has been confirmed by the studio, a photo of Bill Murray in his classic Ghostbusters gear has been making the rounds on social media. So I think it's safe to say that that is a legit report that we can expect that. I'm wondering who the new Ghostbusters are going to be. There's really not a lot out about this. I'm just really excited about it. I guess Leslie Jones, uh, who was in the Ghostbusters reboot, the all-female Ghostbusters reboot, had some comments about it, uh, that it's disrespectful, some stuff like that. And look, it's as simple as this. I like the new Ghostbusters film, the reboot film. It's not... Just structurally, it's not as good as the original, but nostalgically, uh, comedically, I don't enjoy it as much as I do the first film. I am going to see the original Ghostbusters film probably hundreds more times in my life than the maybe five more times I'm going to end up seeing the, uh, the reboot. And it's just, it's not disrespectful. We never asked for the reboot. Uh, maybe there were some people out there who was going like, ah, oh, there should at least be one female in the group, and that's all well and fine. And they might even do that with this passing of the torch. There may be a female in the new Ghostbusters group. But it's not disrespectful. It's what we always wanted. If anything, it's more respectful to the fans to give us this film finally, even though it's you could say maybe it's a little too late because Harold Ramis is no longer with us. But even then, the original idea for the third film was that one of them, most likely Egon, was going to be a ghost. And that makes so much sense because they're the Ghostbusters. Wouldn't it be hilarious if one of them died and became a ghost and is just hanging around with the Ghostbusters? That's a great idea. Uh, whether they're going to go all off Tarkin with it or not, I don't know. You know, they don't have Disney money backing this, but... Still, there's just so many ways they can go about it. Uh, and that movie alone disregarded the original franchise. You could say that's disrespectful if you want to go down this road. Ultimately, they're just not connected films. There's no reason for 3 to acknowledge that as much as there was no reason for that. Well, there were reasons, but <laughs> they didn't necessarily have to acknowledge the original franchise. So... Guys, get excited for this. I feel like we're going to be seeing more and more and more news coming out about this, especially because, obviously, given that picture, they're already filming. It's been in secret production for a while, I guess. Like, none of us knew this was coming. Like, none of us expected this to 
pop out of nowhere. Yeah, super excited about this. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, though, guys, a little bittersweet news, but uh, there's this clip that's, uh, I've been using this phrase a lot today, making the rounds, <laughs> and uh, it's from uh, an animated episode of Avengers Black Panther's Quest titled T'Chanda, which takes place in the 40s and features Stan Lee as the voice of an army general calling out Ernim Zola for his hatred and threats. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that clip for you now so you can hear exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> A temporary setback in Cien. Hydra will be victorious and you will all serve on your knees. Zola, I see you're still spouting the same threats, peddling the same hate. Guys like you always make the same mistake. Hate doesn't make you strong, hate makes you weak. Captain America, Agent Carter, let's go. We've got a war to win. Yes, uh, short but sweet, and uh, according to Marvel's Senior Vice President of Animation and Family Entertainment, Court Lane, uh, it was actually inspired by a 1968 edition of Stan's Soapbox about bigotry and racism. This is going to be his last animated appearance, and just what what a true-to-character way for him to go out and what a what a great little little clip there especially for kids you know happy we got to see that uh any more stanley in our lives post his passing is always welcome and speaking of things that are welcome or rather unwelcome depending on if you enjoy this segment or not uh someday i'll get better at it i think it's time for us to dip into the phone booth it's time for the news the phone booth news all right, guys, it's time for the phone booth news, where I try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives me three minutes, 45 seconds. So we've got the clock up right here. Vinny uh, Wise, if you wouldn't mind doing the honors, let me <coughs> clear some. <coughs> oh, I actually made myself cough there. I'm sure do that too. Um... Nah, uh, okay. Cough, cough. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. In video game news, a recent tweet from at Marvel Games stating, quote, and for the final hashtag Fantastic Four week live stream announcement, something fantastic is coming to Marvel Spider-Man. Any guesses? Hashtag Marvel Spider-Man and the PS4. Blah. End quote. Uh, leaving many to speculate more DLC involving Marvel's first family or a new game all to themselves. In comics news, IDW's new comic book series Star Trek Year 5, the definitive tale set in the final days of the Starship Enterprise original mission, will finally be told and is set to launch in April. Also this April, in another galaxy, Marvel will release Star Wars TIE Fighter, which will follow an elite squadron of TIE Fighter pilots known as Shadowwing. And Kieran Gilliam, writer of Marvel's main Star Wars books since 2015 and co-creator of Dr. Aphra, revealed that he is leaving the book with issue number 67. 
Grant Morrison may have renamed the Green Lantern Corps to the Green Lantern Intergalactic Police Patrol in the Green Lantern issue number three, while DC Comics is canceling two more books this April, with the New Age of DC Heroes title Damage ending with issue number 17, and more surprisingly, Titans ending with issue number 36. In TV news, the CW revealed the return dates of two of their comic-based shows with Legends of Tomorrow airing April 1st and the final season of iZombie premiering May 2nd. DC Comics announced that Luke Wilson will portray the Golden Age mechanic-turned-superhero and pilot of the robot S-T-R-I-P-E Stripe, Pat Dugan, on the DC Universe series Stargirl. The upcoming premium streaming service Disney Plus is reportedly working on yet another MCU spin-off series focused on Lady Sif from the Thor franchise. Via TV line, some of the voice cast for the Dark Crystal prequel has been revealed, including big names like Mark Hamill, Andy Samberg, and Simon Pegg, as well as some first looks at the new Gethlings puppets, which look fantastic. Uh, <coughs> uh, HBO announced that the eighth and final season of the popular fantasy drama Game of Thrones will begin on April 14th, 2019. CBS has confirmed that Michelle Yeoh will lead her own Star Trek Discovery spinoff series as Captain Philippa Giorgio, with the show focusing on Section 31, the Black Ops division of the Federation. A tweet from the official Dragon Prince Twitter account uh, revealed that the new season will air on February 15th on Netflix. In movie news, while speaking with MTV at the Golden Globes, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has confirmed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will happen, but the details are still up in the air. According to BoxOfficeMojo.com, Aquaman is now the highest-grossing DC film worldwide, earning $1.09 billion at the box office, putting it above The Dark Knight Rises' gross of $1.8 billion, not adjusting for inflation. In other news, Funko unveiled its next wave of primal age figures, which includes Superman, The Flash, Bizarro, Lex Luthor, Black Manta, and a large Crypto the Superdog Beast. And according to the Los Angeles Times, the the least expensive option for a day pass to Disneyland will be drastically increasing to over $100, with the rates for annual passes and daily packages also increasing as much as 25%, likely due to the Star Wars-themed expansion Galaxy's Edge scheduled to open this summer. And that is the news. What do we got? We got... Whoa! 53 seconds. Wow, I cannot believe I, oh, oh, if I hadn't screwed up in the middle there, cuffed, like you just shave off a couple of those little mistakes, because I did kind of good there in the middle, didn't I? They, they can't yeah. hear you shake your head. Yes, yes. <laughs> but just, ah, man, just shaving it, tightening it up just a little bit, and I would have had that. Uh, okay, so anyways, pop on over. What, what in there sounded interesting? Aquaman thing. Really? Yes, I did not think it would top The Dark Knight Rises. A Batman movie in general, you know? Well, I I mean... I love that movie. Yeah. Wow, Aquaman doing it. It's still not my favorite DCEU movie. Honestly, it might be sitting at number three. It's kind of fighting Man of Steel for the number two spot, but Wonder Woman Woman is still holding fast as my favorite one. Anyways, yeah, that is pretty surprising uh, that Aquaman made it there. Yeah, you can see why why it nailed that. Um, I like Wonder Woman better. 
Yeah, Wonder Woman's definitely better. Yeah, there were there were a few cool things in there. I think, uh, uh, let me, well, I think it's cool that they confirmed Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, oh, the one thing I'm really excited about is that Star Trek Year 5 comic book because, and I, I know you've never watched the original series. You may never, I don't know. Uh, but uh, they never did. It, it was a five-year mission to explore space, and they never officially finished the mission on screen or in a comic or in a book, as far as I know. So we've never actually gotten to see how the mission ends. And so this is finally going to end that five-year mission. That I think that's really cool. Really interesting to me. Anyways, uh, moving on from there to our last segment of the show, guys. Let's get a little caught up. Letting you. This is the segment of the show where I... Uh, fill you in on where I'm at in my nerddom, what I've been watching, checking out, hating, loving. I just I finished Daredevil season three. So cool, so pissed that they canceled this. It really is the best of these shows, and I love The Punisher, but like this, this was the one. If they were gonna keep one around, if they were gonna keep making it, this should have been the one. And just with its ratings and everything. I I I, th- I really feel like this is a Marvel Studios decision to cancel all of these shows. It has to be them motivated by it because I I get Luke Cage and Iron Fist, but I don't see why Netflix would ever just drop Daredevil like that. It's it's a little strange. Uh speaking of the Punisher though, uh, I started Punisher season two. You you actually watched the first episode with me. What did you think of uh, Punisher episode one, season two, episode one? I thought it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I could tell you were getting a little bored there for a while because like nothing was really happening. We were kind of meeting the new characters a little bit and stuff. But then when stuff happened, it happened. Like they were just at a bar. Like I go to parties all the time. I like to party. I like the boy all the time. Yeah, but and then oh, Punisher unloads. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything. The season is still pretty fresh out there. I've gotten a little further. I don't know if you've moved on at all. You have Netflix in your room. I know that. So, anyways, pretty cool though. I haven't finished it. I'm I'm pretty excited to see where this goes. Also, I've been reading my comics again, trying to get a little caught up. But uh, Supergirl 21, I finally got around to it, and this is like months old. But there is a speech in there where Supergirl is talking about Superman, about remembering Krypton and what it meant to her when Rogal Zar killed Kandor. Because if you're not aware, they are uh, aside from Zod. And the other guy from the Phantom Zone that they've been dealing with, uh, Superman and Supergirl, they're the last of their kind. They're so small of a race now because Rogal Zar destroyed the Fortress of Solitude, destroyed Kandor, and killed all of its inhabitants. It's a really powerful scene in um, uh, Superman, the Man of Steel, a six-issue series leading into Bendez's run of the Superman comic books. But this speech she gives him is just so powerful because if you remember, she grew up on Krypton. She was there. Uh, Kal-El sent away as a baby, has no memories of his world. She, however, had friends, family, neighbors, loved ones, teachers, uh, all dead now all gone 
So this is not setting well with her. She needs answers. And unfortunately, there are seemingly no answers out there about Rogal Czar and why he's done this. And she needs to understand it. And Superman's trying to convince her not to go off on her own. And she's like, look, you cannot get on this level with me. And it was just a really powerful scene. And I really enjoyed it. Supergirl number 21 really stood out to me this week. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Vin, you've been you've been getting caught up on some comics, right? Reading a little bit. You just read Shazam number one, which you uh, which you didn't really care for, I guess. No. Why Why didn't you like it? That That book's getting really good reviews. A lot of people are digging it. What didn't you like? I just don't really like Shazam much. Well, okay. What well, like a little more introspective on it? Like, what was it about that book that didn't stand out to you? Because, like, I mean, you know, I never, I, I never cared about Captain America, and I was reading that book for a little while. Because um, it was a really interesting story. So what was it about this story you didn't like? Most of the comedy or like, I like to call them jokes. Okay. So so the the nature of its humor didn't really click with Some that. of them were funny, but most of them I didn't really. Yeah, you're just rolling your eyes a little bit. Yeah, like comic comedy I don't really care for. Okay. It's just So some. you like more intense stories then a little more gravitas to the drama fair enough but you you did read uh you also read what issue 13 of super sons the adventures of super sons or no this one's just super sons yeah. yeah uh the next run is called adventures of super sons but yeah so you dug the comedy in that one though because i remember i read that book too and there's a little bit of comedy in there yeah so that one spoke to you a little bit but more. most of it's serious this. yeah Especially with Robin. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Damien's not one to to crack jokes very often. Uh, okay, cool. Um, also, I'm still watching uh, Young Justice. Uh, haven't gotten much farther than the last time I told you guys about it, but uh, it's... It's really it's really good and I'm I'm starting to understand though why I didn't really dig it. Uh it, it seems like every episode one of the characters trades off on being annoying. Uh a lot of the times for me it's Robin, but like Superboy, God dude, come on. I mean like I get it, you're all young, you're teenagers, but you're a little too moody of a teenager, man. Um then again, I mean on on the other side of it, you do have Superman really neglecting this guy. Like, and I, you know what? I think that might have been what turned me off of the show before. That's maybe been why I couldn't finish it because I'm like 18 episodes into the, like 14 or uh, 14 to 18 episodes into this. I can't remember exactly, but Superman still hasn't talked to this boy. Superman refuses to acknowledge him, and that's just not Superman. Superman wouldn't handle it this way. It, it, it seems like he hates this kid. Why? He didn't do anything. Like, just talk to the. When you've got Batman standing there going like, Clark, talk to the kid. Talk to the kid. You know, you're the you're the shining example of morality. Don't be this guy. I hate that. I, I hate Superman in this show, and I never hate Superman. <laughs> so, But I'm going to stick through it. It really is good. I'm seeing a lot of qualities in it I don't think stood out before. It's it's fun. It's well-written. Uh, they did this episode. I think the last one I watched was they did this little training exercise um, set up by Martian Manhunter. It's all in their heads and stuff. But because McGann, uh, Miss Marvel, is so powerful of a telepath, 
she kind of railroads the whole thing and they all end up dying in the simulation. It's really, really good. And it, it affects the, the episodes. Uh, actually, this isn't the most recent episode I watched because it, I know it does affect episodes prior to that in the way the team works with each other and everyone's shooken up. Uh, and I also started Red Dead Redemption, not two. <laughs> I started the the first one. The first one. Uh, what year is that from? Is that from 2010? 2010. 2010. Yeah, I'm a little little late to the game on this one, but I started Red Dead Redemption. Um, I'm having a lot of fun playing it. What's up? I've played both, but you have. I still don't believe you've played Red Dead Redemption one. Yes, Red Dead Redemption. You play as John Marston. Okay, just because you know who the no, main and, character is doesn't prove anything. You're basically like an errands boy, and you have to kill the rest of the the outlaw gang, like Dutch Vanderlyn or Hosea Bill. Okay, maybe you have played the game. I have, and I, <laughs> I haven't made made it far enough to really know those guys as names but i do remember seeing dutch i keep making fun of him on uh, from red dead redemption 2 stuff that i've seen uh you have beat red dead redemption 2 right yes, how have. many times have you beat it you beat well, it i've two only times. beat it once but i'm trying to beat it two times you're doing a second playthrough yes because i was arthur and i had bad honor and <laughs> i did not want to do it that way so I played it again. So you're just get, playing it again to, yeah. to see and see know, how different it can be. And I know I missed some things while I was in the story. And the cutscenes change throughout the game if you have bad honor or high honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that when a game changes based on the decisions you make. That's always attracted me about the Mass Effect franchise, another game I haven't t- played yet, but I own it. I own a lot of games I haven't played yet. I've never played a single God of War game, but I own the first three. <laughs> it's Mom, I'm telling you this. Red Dead Redemption 2, I think, has the best gra- graphics ever okay. in the whole entire video game fantasy. Well, I don't know. Uh, of all the video games you've played yes. or watched online. Besides beside God of War, I think those two are... And we're talking about the new You mean one. neck and neck, like they're yeah. equally as good. Yes. Yeah. With the graphics. Yeah. And I I could see how God of War did win the Game oh, Award. God. Yeah. Because I've beat God of War, and I really love the story. I honestly expected it to be Red Dead Redemption 2. All the hype about that game, especially at the time of the Game Awards, it's pretty pretty crazy that it didn't win. Uh, but good for God of War. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm playing the the first game though, which I guess is a sequel to Red Dead Redemption Two. I guess Red Dead Redemption Two is the prequel. Uh, it drives me insane, but okay, fine. Because Red Dead Redemption Two takes place in 1899. And Red Dead Redemption takes place in 1911. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. So maybe that's some surprising uh, info for those of you out there who aren't familiar with the game yet, haven't bought it, haven't played it, uh, don't watch online playthroughs like I don't. I I find no interest in that. Uh, it's frustrating for me to watch people I know play a video game. So 
Anyways, yeah, so that's what I've been up to, guys. Uh, that's what Vinny Wise here has been in doing a little bit here. What have you guys been checking out? Uh, what did you think about Daredevil Season 3, Punisher Season 2, any cool comics you that have stood out to you? Young Justice, Red Dead Redemption 1 or 2, let me know about it down in the comments below. And while you're there, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. You're checking this out somewhere. Uh, while here, why not comment on any of the stories from today? Share this episode. Hit that bell on YouTube if you want to know when the newest episodes are up. Like any of our social media, which you can find in the description below. I got a quote from Red Dead. You got a, you got a quote? Yes. Way way, way to derail the outro, but I want to hear the quote now. Now, and you better say it directly into the mic. We kill people who need killing. (laughs) We save people who need saving. And we feed people who need feeding. That is our motto here at Sort of My Podcast. Guys, thank you very much for listening. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Woo. No, you're supposed to say your name. This is my name, Vinny Wise. Vinny Herman, Vinny Wise. <laughs> A bunch of names for me. And outro music plays when the outro music plays. Bam, 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 bam.